Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and my hope is to show you how to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that the salvation is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. As we come into the holiday season from now through Christmas, I'll be covering the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in anticipation of Jesus's imminent return. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. Like it was in Noah's day. When will the kingdom of God be here? Bible prophecy is God's warning to mankind to repent, to get right with God, or face the consequences. The sad thing is that people in Jesus' day didn't get it, and people today still don't get it. Are you right with God? Here in Luke chapter 17, Jesus talks about forgiveness, faith, and the future, and the Pharisees still didn't understand. Let's dig in. Luke 17. One day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. If there is repentance, forgive. If that person wrongs you seven times a day, each time turns again and again, ask and ask forgiveness, you must forgive. The apostle said to the Lord, the apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. All right. So Jesus here is saying that it takes a little faith in God to forgive a friend who sins against you. You can't depend on yourself by yourself. You need God's help. It's not easy. I know. I had to forgive a lot of people this past year. Most who didn't know they did anything wrong. I had to forgive them in my heart. Otherwise, I'd be carrying deep anger. That's what Jesus is talking about with the mulberry tree analogy. Anger can dig some deep roots in your soul and make you miserable. But just a little faith in God can help you dig out that anger and find rest and peace. Okay, next section, servants of God. Verse 7, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal and put on your apron and serve me while I eat, and then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. We as believers become servants of God in his kingdom. If you haven't grasped that yet, then you need to read or listen to the past 16 posts on the Gospel of Luke. Pay attention to all the parts where Jesus talks about humility. Continuing, 10 healed of leprosy, verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. 
As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Have you thanked God for healings, blessings, and provisions every day? And not just on Thanksgiving. Now comes the good part. Pay attention. The coming of the kingdom, verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there is the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world would be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife? If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let go of your life, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. That, my friends, is the rapture. And it's going to happen simultaneously all over the world. Because you, you see, he says there's two people that will be sleeping. So it'll be nighttime somewhere in the world, obviously. And it'll be work time in another part of the world. So it all happen, it will all happen simultaneously. <sighs> Where will this happen? Lord, the disciples asked. Jesus replied, just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Like it was in Noah's day. The people Jesus was talking to back then were Jews. They all knew the story of Noah, the flood, and the ark. But here's a little bit from Genesis 6, uh, verses 5 through 8, which tell why God brought on the flood. So Genesis 6, verse 5. The Lord observed the extent 
of human wickedness on earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. You think the Lord's heart is broken as he looks at the world today? And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. And if you click on over to my blog, I have uh, links to the whole um, Genesis story of the flood there. Um, and then Jesus mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah, and that's in Genesis 19. And I'll let you read that for yourself since it's for mature audiences. I don't even, I don't even like telling that story because it's just so grotesque. And, um, you know, but there's a link in my blog to it. Or you can look it up. It's Genesis 19. The angels God sent specifically told Lot, his wife and daughters, to leave Sodom and not look back. Unfortunately, Lot's wife didn't listen, looked back, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Repenting of your sins is like that. You stop sinning. You leave your old life behind and don't look back. Look to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. Make Jesus your future and start a new life with him in the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about when he, when he says, and I lost. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. So if you cling to your old sinful life, you're going to lose it. But if you surrender your, your, and you let your old life go, you will save your life. You'll have eternal life with Jesus. That's what verse 33 means. And he says this a lot. He says this several times. In, in the gospel. But the truth is we are living in the end times. The end is near. And if you're not convinced yet that we are living in the last days, I suggest you check out some of the YouTube channels of some modern biblical prophets that I have on my website. So click on over to my blog. I click where it says um, uh, Bible prophecy links. And you can listen to some of the, and watch some of the videos from these people. And uh, if they don't convince you, you're totally lost. Uh, and then there's also a couple of related posts, um, uh, and I've got the links in my blog. It's uh, right now, God is revealing the signs of the times. And then another one, um, top 10 Bible prophecies that are coming true right now. So where are you? Where are you in this lesson? Are you like Noah and Lot, whose faith was solid and rooted in God's truth? Or are you like the folks who are partying and having a great time and don't care? Or are you like Lot's wife? You know you need to leave that life behind, but you want to look back and see what you may be missing. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen any day now, this is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart. If you don't know how to do that, you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.